Hello and welcome to the This Is Ibert's podcast. This is our live bulletin to discuss the announcement Sorry, of Michael Beale as the 18th permanent manager of Rangers Football Club. I'm your host, Ross Chalmers, and we have a bit of a full house tonight. Um, everyone's jumped on for this one. We've got to talk about this one. So first of all, we're bringing Craig Dennett. Hi, Craig. How are you? Yeah, there's no no I go since we were uh, talking about it. We thought it would be Michael Beale and we're back again tonight with him confirmed, so looking forward to talking it all through. Yeah, very much so. Tommy, how are you tonight? I'm very well, thank you. I, I love it when uh, rumour and speculation becomes fact, so we can actually talk about something that's now sealed and signed. Yep, and Scott, how are you? Hi, good. Uh, just echo the guys' thoughts. Uh, I'm just pleased that inside uh, seven days we've uh, got the next manager and what's to talk about. Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll, ha we'll have a look at the statement, first of all, from Rangers. It's quite a lengthy one, so I won't go through all of it. Uh, we'll be here all night. But um, yeah, we, the club said that Michael Beale is the 18th manager of Rangers, with the club delighted to confirm his appointment today. He signs a contract to 2026, and the 42-year-old joins from his role as manager of Queen's Park Rangers in West London. They said it's an excitement appointment for the club, with Beale undoubtedly one of the most sought-after young managers in British football. Um, there's quite a lot to go through here. Um we also have a comment from Douglas Park. I'm delighted to welcome Michael as our new manager as we aim to strengthen our on-field performance. It's fantastic to be back and to see everybody this morning. That's from Bill. sorry, that's what he said. That was my bad. And then, yeah, Ross Wilson, he added to it as well. He said, I'm pleased to welcome Michael back to Rangers today. I know how excited he is about everything that comes to the prestige of being Rangers manager. So there's quite a lot to get through. I thought we'd maybe pick up some points. We'll start with you then, Craig. What's your... Your initial reaction, I know you were on the pod last night and you guys were speaking about it kind of in length, but what, how do you feel today that it, it's finally uh, signed, sealed and delivered? Yeah, I guess, like Tommy, happy that it's fact now and we, this sort of speculation aspect is over. I also like that Tommy turns up for the big moments only. Um, obviously, he turned up last week when Gio, um, when Gio was sacked and then turned up again when when the new manager appointed. So um, don't, don't worry, Tommy, don't be it has been noted. Don't be available, be, be valuable. That's that's my <laughs> motto here. So that's why I'm never in the group chat either. <laughs> but when it comes to Michael Beale's appointment, I think um, I, I'm almost expecting him to now produce and sitting back and waiting for him to produce. I think with some managers, you're almost like when Walter Smith came back, you're almost just all in from the start. I think with some managers, you, you sit back and you're a bit unsure and you're not really expecting them to deliver. I think Michael B was probably somewhere in the middle of that for me in terms of, I, I think I know what he can do, but I want him to prove to me what he can do. Um, but I don't, uh, my expectations are high, so I, I now want him to go out and, and deliver to those expectations. Yeah, I think that's a fair point there that, that Craig's made telling me about the kind of perception was split. Uh, but I, I think when the announcement came today, it was overly positive, to be honest. Most people were really positive to the news. How, how do you feel about it all? And I know that Michael Beale was maybe a choice when we spoke about it last week that you weren't all in it for. That's maybe fair to say. How how do you feel about it now? Is it just, we just need to get behind the manager now? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and you're right, you know, I have some reservations, uh, but no managerial appointment is not a gamble or doesn't contain some element of, uh, of gambling on it as well. But He's in the chair, he's got the brogues on, he's got the club tie. So as far as I'm concerned, he starts you know, with all the best of wishes. That's the point. We've come through quite a turbulent period with Gio there. 
Right there wrongly, you can say Gio took the flag for a lot of things that were outside of his control, but we parked that up. This is a happy day because we've appointed a new manager. <clears throat> it's just a case to see. I, I think Craig's absolutely right. Michael Beale, Mr. Beale, Mick, <laughs> comes in with a lot of goodwill and an expectation, maybe unfairly, that because he knows these players, they're going to immediately up their contributions that they've been giving to the, the club so far this season. I'm not entirely sure that will happen, but yeah, listen, I'm I'm, I'm all behind him. He, I never like to write off a season, but I don't think it would be fair to you know naturally expect him to do lots and lots and lots and lots with the team right now, given where they are and the fact that we're sitting at the back end of of November. Um, it's about seeing progress before he really gets his hands on tweaking the team and making changes. Maybe at the end of the season. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it may be a bit of a slow process to begin with and get his feet under the table and maybe get the team playing in the way he expects them to. Scott, how do you feel about the appointment? Um, what what side have you been on? What side of the fence have you been on? How do you feel today? I've probably been somewhere in the middle. Uh, I think all the candidates that were linked, there was pros and cons to them all. There isn't a, there isn't a perfect appointment. I'm just pleased we've managed to turn this round very quickly. Um and he has an opportunity between now and the Hibs game to, to work with these players. Um, whatever message he gave to them today, um, I'm sure, um, was, was loud and clear. But a lot of work to do on the training pitch between now and then. But I, I wish him well. I, there is an expectation because you know what he achieved working with Gerard uh, previously. And you have a rough idea as to how we're going to play and uh, set up, etc. But he's an unknown quantity as a as a manager. Um, he's only he's only been only been in that job for, for a number of months. So uh, I wish him well, and uh, he, he does have a lot of goodwill. Um, but as always, he needs to hit the ground running. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's the that's the nature of being the Rangers manager. You don't really. You don't really get a lot of time. You've got to get results. Of course, it'll take a bit of time to get his his ideas across to this squad, but he will need to deliver results quickly. And we will touch upon the the fixture list that we are running into when we come back from this break. And it, it isn't an easy start for Michael Beale. He's, he's definitely got his work out for him. Craig, I'll come back to you on this one. I think I think it was quite a quick and efficient process from the club. Actually, it, it has only been a week now. A lot. I know a lot of people were maybe discussing was removed from the position that they must have known the, the next person again, but a week in football really isn't a long time to, to get Michael Beale in the door. It, 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 I think it's good business from the club. They've moved swiftly to get their man. It also looks like they're bringing in some of Michael Beale's backroom staff. That includes Neil Banfield, Damian Matthew, Harry Watling, which is a set-piece coach, which a lot of people I'm sure will be too pleased to hear. What what do you make on the, the process overall from Rangers to get their manager in? Did you I mean, a lot of people feel it was maybe too quick because we haven't interviewed other candidates. How how do you feel overall? Uh, yeah, I think the, the the process seems to it, it feels like it's gone on for weeks and weeks and weeks, but actually it has only been. I think it's it's, it's almost a week to the to the minute that um, myself, Tommy, and you were sitting here talking about Geo having left the club. So I think it's been a pretty efficient process. I think. Going by the timing of when Gio was sacked, the 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 board must have known at least a a short list of of two or three candidates that they wanted to speak to and narrowed it down. Um, I think the week almost I said last night in the podcast that actually the club 
if they did know it was Michael Beale, could have probably tried to get it done in 24 hours and 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 have it done quickly and and stop any any rumor, stop any um, sort of suggestion of other names and, and sort of stop that split of the of the fans. But I think um, I can't remember who it was on the podcast last night. It may have been Ben that said. Um, actually, it's a good thing they didn't because that would have a been disrespectful to Gio because clearly they would have been speaking to someone else before letting him know his fate. But also, it would have been rushed or it would have appeared rushed. And I, and I think, especially with Michael Beale being appointed, I, I think the potential issue with that is that he's he's almost seen as a friend of the board as such, or he's seen as a he's, he's seen as a friend of the club. And he's coming. He's a person coming back. And I said, like I said last night, I, he's not. I'm never, never really a fan of people going back to a club they've been at before. I'm always a bit wary of it. I know he's coming back in a different position, um, but I think it's. I think the length of time that the club took to go through it seems like they've done their due diligence, and seems like they must have considered some other candidates, especially given the fact that they didn't actually approach QPR until either Saturday or Sunday. Um, with with the formal approach to speak to to Michael Beale, so that suggests that they were speaking to other people. So I think the the process seems right. The players returned today um, from their um, from their two week holiday. Whether two week holiday was justified or not is is up for debate, I guess. But um, it, it it seems like it's worked to plan almost almost to the day. Yeah, I think you made some good points there. <laughs> I think when it comes to the kind of official approach from the club, I think we we all know that the official approach doesn't really mean much. It kind of just means that the the club uh, the club and that manager have had an agreement because they wouldn't approach the club without that. So, I think Rangers have have, have done the right thing here. I think they've explored other avenues. How far down the line they've got with other managers, it, probably not very far. But I'm sure they have spoke to other people, and that's the right way to do it. But Look, it looks like Michael Beale has been their man from the start. And it looks like Michael Beale's probably given them the nod before Van Bronckhorst was shown the door, which sometimes is a wee bit difficult to accept. Um, but it is the harsh reality of football and it goes on in every club. It's not just ours. Tommy, I'd like to touch upon um, something here because obviously I mentioned the background staff there and we, we've got a comment here from Thomas Jones and he's talking about he must get a Rangers man in his backroom staff. So I, I have seen the, the announcement from clubs saying that there will be further additions to the backroom staff. And I think I remember the the same thing happening with Van Bronckhorst, to be honest. They obviously didn't finalise the staff straight away. And we were all speculating at the time, could that be someone with, with Rangers experience or Scottish League experience? How do you view that from Thomas Jones? Do you think it's a necessity to have someone with Rangers experience in the backroom staff? Is that a road you would go down or is it purely just find the best people for the job i think you i think you know my mind on this which is what maybe why you've come to me but before anything else mary cunningham in the, in the comments no it is not the weest air conditioning unit ever it's the camera angle it's actually quite large but you also need to remember as well mary i produce quite a lot of hot air myself in here and so it's making sure there's a balance between me and it um but aye, it's pretty it's pretty sizable um and i'm in the i'm in the garden right now so i need to <laughs> keep myself warm but thank you for asking me there you go hopefully that's an answer um no listen i don't buy this whole and i get i get thomas's point i i do and i get why some people would like it my very personal opinion is i don't buy into all this <clears throat> has to be a rangers man to, because they know the club etc 
I think some of that's maybe overplayed sometimes in terms of the standards. You can't have it both ways sometimes, right? Interested with the listeners, thank Thomas, thanks all of you, right? But there's a lot of cliches that go on sometimes, right? Or competing narratives, which are, right, the manager has to set the standards, okay? And you need to appoint a Scottish person who knows the club and knows the standards, okay? So who's setting the standards again? I think you're talking about the imbued history of the club being a winning club. That's fine, but you can get that from having a look at the trophy room, if you're being brutally honest, right? And Gio was a Rangers man and wasn't able to set the standards that we all want as well, depending on how you look at it. There's then also what the board expect the manager to do, by and large. Gio's job was to get into the Champions League to a certain extent, and he did that. But if somebody was to say to me, I want to appoint someone from the Scottish League, not because they are a Rangers man, but because I want to have an inherent knowledge of the teams that I'm going to be up against domestically. Well, okay, I can understand that because that's saying, right, I want to get a, a view into that and then I'll wed that into my wider team as well and then we'll come out as a unit. That makes perfect sense. Having somebody on board purely because they once played for Rangers or they grew up supporting them. No, bring your credentials first. Know your, know your crest. That's, that's the way a professional club should be run. Yeah, I, ha- I have to agree with you and everything you've just said there. I, I totally agree. But Scott, I'm-, I'm keen to get your thoughts on this because we've obviously seen a comment from Thomas there. He's, he's came in again. He said, because a Rangers man knows the club's inside and out. But AG's came back and said, you know, Beal's a Rangers man. McCoy's a Rangers man was an absolutely dreadful manager. Maybe maybe slightly harsh. The conditions that McCoy's was under at the time is, yeah, I-, I can understand he didn't do a great job. But how do you feel on it? You, you think it's something the club should go down? How do you feel? I don't think being a Rangers man is a qualifica- qualification to be part of the, the background team. You have to have the, the quality and what you bring to the table. You know, I think Tommy referenced local knowledge. Uh, local knowledge would, would be useful. It doesn't necessarily have to be a Kevin Thompson, a Neil McCann, a Lee McCulloch, just because they've played for, played for the club. If that is something that he thinks is useful, then... Then I'm all for it, but just being a, you could you could have any us for if it's just being a Rangers man, you know. I mean, you have to you have to have the, the qualities and bring something positive to the table that's going to be able to uh, enhance um, what Michael Beal wants. Yeah, that's fair. I'm I'm going to stick with you in this next point because this was something I, I wanted to talk about because I think this is something myself, Craig and Tommy spoke about last week in terms of would the next manager have a really good relationship with the director of football? Would that structure stay in place? So, Scott, I'll stick with you on this one. Do you think that this appointment from the club is a bit of a project appointment? You know, they've mentioned specifically the, the close relationship with Ross Wilson. You know, are, are the club feeling that Michael Beale is at a level now that, you know, he is attainable for us and we can bring him in, but would they, would they potentially get to that point where they feel they wouldn't be able to attract him anymore as maybe his stock gets too high and they feel that they want him to come in and he's maybe not a manager with all the experience that he needs right now, but he comes in as part of our project and he gains that experience. Do you think that's the way the club have decided to that this is a project and it's going to take a few years to see the real benefits of bringing Michael Beale back? Possibly. Um, I don't think... Uh, I think Gerard was a bit of a project but I don't believe that any manager now is going to get the same uh, the same opportunity to, to build over two or three years. Um, so 
I know where you're coming from that he may reach a point where he was unattainable as a Rangers manager, but I don't think it's a project in the same way that uh, Stephen Gerrard was. We were a, a complete car crash at that point. I think we, we are in a, in a great shape at this precise moment, but I think he's he's inheriting a, a group of players in a club in a far better position. Um, so I, don't, I, I wouldn't say it's 100% a project thing for me. Yeah, that's fair, Tommy. How do you feel about that one? Uh, I'm curious your uh, your opinion on this because we we discussed this last week, and we've obviously discussed a lot in the podcast about kind of the general feeling towards Ross Wilson right now. It, it isn't positive. Do you think that this is a real statement from the club to say that okay, Michael Beale's coming in, they have a really close relationship, and the two of them are going to work together here, and they're going to bring in the players, and they're, they're going to recruit the players that we need, because it has, it has something, it's something that's been levelled at Ross Wilson lately, that clearly Van Bronckhorst wasn't the one bringing in these players. I personally don't agree with that. I'm sure it was a you know a group process to bring in these players, but how do you feel about the appointment in terms of a project and that relationship with Ross Wilson? Is this a statement from the club to basically say Ross Wilson is here to stay? He will be a big part of this project going forward. Yeah, well, Ross Wilson is the continuity candidate. You know, it's the whole point of having that sporting director, director of football role, which is it's consistent, and the manager slash coach that comes in underneath it is actually just playing into a philosophy, and they can tweak it to themselves. But there's always an understanding. So he's the board's man. He will stay. He'll get to go when he wants to go, I think, to a large extent. Michael Beale's appointment is a gamble. I mean, I might not win me many friends here. Michael Beale has done nothing. He's done nothing as a manager. Right? Simple. That's not a... It shouldn't be a controversial statement because it's massively based in fact in that he's had one managerial job and he's, what, done okay QPR, you have to play in the expectations of that. He's also, you know, he's obviously got a really, really, really good reputation as a coach. A great reputation, you know, Wills came sniffing around about him and stuff like that as well. But he's done nothing and QPR have had a bit of a slump recently actually as well. Um, so, of course, it's a it's a project. It's a big gambling project, but you're looking for the strength of the relationships that were there previously. He knows the club and he knows the board he knows Ross Wilson, he knows the setup, he knows the players, etc. He knows the fans' expectations. It's just a case of are they completely aligned? Because the, the process is supposed to be the analytics team identify, you get a list of players, and then the list is presented by and large to the to the manager, and the manager will make a selection of who their preferred candidate is from the list. You know, it's not Ross Wilson saying I've signed here, although some of the optics around it are a bit Odd. Sometimes people like Aaron Ramsey and all that type of thing. But I, I mean, I don't want to duplicate what I've just said. Of course, it's risky. Anybody who thinks that Michael Beale is the absolute finished article, I mean, I hope he is. I hope I'm going to be wildly wrong here, right? And he is just going to accelerate right through this and do amazing things for the club. And I think he probably will in time, but I just don't know how much time he'll need. But Ross Wilson is the candidate in place as the director of football operations, sporting director forget the title to be brutally honest with you um in terms of who he wants and when it comes to signings as well just want to touch on that some of the signings have been hit and miss right and some of that's a reflection of where we are as a club as well buying project players as well as a project manager right so to speak to try and get ourselves into a position with the player trading and all that but in terms of looking at what 
Michael Beal is able to do with the existing players. I think that's fundamentally where the narrative will be won and lost over this season. It's not about bringing in new stuff. It's just can he get a little bit extra out of this squad that he's got right now, leveraging on those relationships he had. And then it's a case of, right, can him and Ross Wilson unearth gems come the end of the season uh, and whatever that looks like. And also relying on his backroom staff as well, who are you know, an interesting mix of people. But yeah, of course it's risky. Anybody who says different, I think, is maybe just drinking the Michael Beale Kool-Aid a little bit too much. Yeah, that may be me, to be honest. That, that may be a, a small dig at me there. But Craig, we'll bring you in this one because I, I'm curious on your opinion on this because I, I think it's fair to say that you weren't completely convinced by Michael Beale. Um, you've made that clear, which is completely fair, um, and your reasons for that were fair. Do you think... If, if the club have decided to have a bit of a project appointment, is it something you, you will get behind? Do you think it's the way we should have went? Or do you still stick by that you felt that the appointment should have been someone like maybe Sean Dyche, who is all about results and results now? How, how do you feel about that? I would, having just come off the back of last um, last night, we spoke a bit about the fact that when Gerard and Michael Beale first came to the club, they had not only to rebuild the team, but to rebuild the club as such. I guess the fact that they left, what, a year and two weeks ago um, and that, that he's come back and he's, we've almost found ourselves in a position again where we need to rebuild the team isn't ideal. I think it's it's a bit of a concern, to be honest, and it made this, this appointment and whoever the board picked to be the 18th manager, 18th permanent manager of Rangers Football Club, sorry, a huge decision because we don't, we need to win trophies and we need to win more trophies more consistently. We've yes, we've start, we've started to tick off things off the list as we've made our way back up the division, but we need to win trophies consistently. Not only not only cup competitions, like the Scottish Cup last season was first time we'd won it in a decade, which is almost unheard of for Rangers. We need to be in that final year in, year out. We need to be winning it more often than not. And it's the same with the League Cup and the league title as well. We need to be competing right down to the last day every single season. I've, there's been a lot of chat of we need to write this season off. We're nine points behind. We need to um, we need to build towards next season. And Michael Beale's got six months to to get the squad sorted. Does it? No, absolutely not. We we should we should absolutely not be any more than if Michael Beale's want to have a successful start to his time as Rangers manager. That gap. To Celtic should be much smaller than nine points by the time we reach the end of this season. If the gap is any bigger than nine points, then he's not off to a good start. He's, he's, he's not getting, he's, he doesn't get six months of a do what you want and try and implement your style and we'll spend a lot of money in the summer and see how it goes. It's, that's not how it works. You, you need to close that gap and he's got a huge three three games coming up as soon as we get, as soon as he, he hits the ground running. And Adam said last night, you're um, it was the famous quote around you're, you're never more than two games away from a crisis at, at Rangers, but it's it will be literally the difference that those that Hibs Hibs Ibrox and Aberdeen away. If you if Michael Beal at Rangers as if we don't win both those games, then he's not off to a great start, and the people are already will already be be making comments and and passing judgment, and he needs to absolutely win those games. He needs to compete in the Celtic game. I'd say he needs to win the Celtic game, obviously, for our league title chances, but he needs to seriously compete better than we have under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst in recent 
um, in recent times, and he needs to go on. And we're in the semi-final of the the League Cup. We're, we're about to start our Scottish Cup run. We need to win at least one of those. I think this season, if not, if not them both. Um, and I, I, I don't think I, I know some people will, will be like, oh, he needs time to build his team. He needs time to change the mentality. He needs time to settle on his tactics. To be honest, I'm not. I'm not in a mindset at the moment to give him that time. I think he needs to. He's got two weeks now. A lot of the players played under him and Steven Gerrard and, and understand how they want to play. He, he needs to turn it around fast. He doesn't. He doesn't have a, a huge amount of bed in period here. Yeah, well, AG agrees with you. He believes that Bill needs to deliver at least one trophy, and I, I agree as well. I think it, you're right there to say that. Yeah, he's probably not going to get the time. I think he should be deserved a wee bit of time, but he's not going to get it. Interestingly, there's enough, There's an, another comment here from Shoran. She says, you know, Beal had offers when he was at Rangers, but stayed loyal to Gerrard. This is just too big an opportunity for him to turn down. Didn't fancy Dice. He thinks he's too good for us. I, I, that, that's a fair comment. I, I don't know if I have that, that same opinion, but that's fair. We're all... Allowed our own, should I say? What we'll do is, Tommy, we'll come to you in this one. I'm keen to talk about what this actually means for this season. So, Craig's touched upon it there in terms of the kind of overall expectations, maybe not having the time that he maybe thinks he'll get. Michael Beale, you know how how important do you think these next three weeks are going to be for Michael Beale to change? The, the belief and the confidence level around in the squad because we all know that there's good players in there and there's good players that Michael Beale and Steven Gerrard brought to this club. You know, they were the ones that brought them in. They get, you know, guys like Glenn Kamara, Ryan Ken. These guys have been way below it this season. How important are these next three weeks going to be for Michael Beale in terms of the rest of this season? Yes, seminal. And I think Craig's right. You know, you don't give up in anything. We, we do have an opportunity to win to win everything if we just you know go at it nine points is not unassailable in terms of the the mindset yeah it's it's huge the next couple of weeks to get it across to the, the players that it's a reset button right the, the manager always takes the the um uh, the final buck so to speak right and Gio and his team had to had to exit based on the fact the performances weren't there yeah we could never really get an understanding of what Gio was trying to do to some extent but by and large, if you look at all the previous statements by the players, up to a point, they were saying that they weren't performing. So those players need to look at themselves in the mirror. They've been given a reprieve. They're still here. They've cost a manager his job or contributed to a manager losing his job. Gio made some mistakes himself, it has to be said. But it's not just one way. It's not just Michael Beale turning up and saying, right, by the way, everybody, it's fantastic and this is how we're going to play and this is it. Those players need to have had a long, hard look at themselves. Do they want to, and I'm thinking of some particular players here, obviously, just carry on giving 60% effort, if at that, run down their contracts and get a lucrative move at the end of the season? Can they not really be bothered now that the Champions League stuff is gone? Do they think they've got it in the tank to go, right, we're actually going to haul in Celtic in the league? Do they have the belief? Right? And that's where Michael Beale will need to do his hardest work, saying, listen, it's been poor, but you're actually only nine points behind. Right? It's only three games, right? the grand scheme of things. I mean, all it says you're on a great run and all that kind of stuff, right? This is a Rangers podcast. It's just getting that belief really quickly up the curve to say, shackles off, let's go out and remind people why 
not too long ago we went undefeated in this league. Yes, we've lost some players. Maybe we can bring some in quickly. But as I've said before, Michael Beale will win or lose the rest of this season based on what he can get out of the existing players that he knows. And whether that's a case of, I just need you to come with me for the next couple of months before we let you go. That's pretty much what he's going to have to do in the next couple of weeks because it's a bit of a bruised dressing room, I think. Yeah, I think you made a good point there. He's he's got he's got the next two or three weeks to basically say to these players, listen, it was only a year, year and a half ago that we went in that incredible run and we won the league. You know, you know what you can do and you know what what I can do as a you know as as a management team to get the best out of you. So it, that that's his pep talk right there. To be honest, I'd like to think the squad are absolutely raring to go. Seeing Michael Beale walk back through that door because we all know of the great relationship this squad had with uh, Stephen Gerrard and his team. So. I'd like to think they'll all be inspired and ready to go. And, and listen, it may be a bit difficult to claw back that, that nine-point gap, but they have to, as fans, we're allowed to think that it's maybe a wee bit unrealistic, but as players, they've got to believe that they can turn this around. Um, I'd like to think that's the way they'll approach this. Not to interrupt Scott, only, Sorry, Ross, not to interrupt no, only, no, but one, one for the rest of the guys to, to touch on and think of and the listeners as well. But yep, jump in. inside that, that and, you know, going back into the school, it's a big difference being the coach who was on the training pitch and that link between the manager and the first team squad to now being the guy behind the big desk. So what Michael Beale will have to be relying on is the team that he's bringing in with him are going to do that nice camaraderie piece, arm round shoulders, all that type of good stuff, because he's got a different skill set to bring now. And like I said, it's not massively refined because it wasn't at QPR for a long time. There'll be some missteps along the way, you know, but that's a really big change for him in terms of being out front and centre and being the manager as opposed to just being the guy who was a fantastic coach on the pitch working with the players from a technical perspective. I think it'll be interesting. I've not read the statement, so I don't actually, if his title is manager or head coach or some variation of that, I don't actually... It's manager. 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 Yeah. Um, I don't think he'll let go of... He'll let go of part of the on the pitch stuff, but I don't think he'll let go of all because that's where he's about his success, right? That's where he's that's where he thrives, that's where he enjoys stuff. Yes, he'll have to let go some of it because I don't think anyone can manage all aspects and do all the coaching um as well. I think there was there was obviously the the points um, that were made when Gerard was there that Gerard actually sometimes didn't even turn up to training some days because he just let Michael Beale Michael Beal run it, and that's that's how it was. I, I don't think it'll be that kind of leadership that Michael Beal takes. I think Michael Beal will want to be on that training pitch day in, day out. Just potentially the role he takes during those sessions might might change, but I've got no doubt that he will he will be right in the thick of it from day one. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, I think you're right to say that he's built a success and being that kind of on the training pitch coach and I'm sure he was the same at QPR and I think he's at that stage of his career where he'll still want to feel that he has real impetus on on how this team plays so yeah I agree with you Craig I don't think he's going to give up uh, especially when it comes to the the training exercises and on, on the pitch work I think it's going to be Michael Beale that takes that and his staff are going to back him up with that a slight change from what we've seen with Steven Gerrard and maybe a slight change from what we've seen with Van Bronckhorst because a lot of the clips were Dave Voss and Roy McKay as well so Listen, whatever works for us is fine. We we don't really mind, do we? Scott, we'll come to you on this one. Um, funnily enough, we actually have a, a question here from Scott Mitchell, so you can kind of mix this in. He said, much will be made of Kamara and Kent coming back to form, but who of the newer players will be key for Beal, do we think? Thielman, Matondo, Yilmaz. You know, 
do can we maybe think that the new players that have came into this squad over the summer are going to get a kind of new lease of life under Michael Beale? It's a fresh start for them as well, especially guys like Rabi Matondo who really have struggled under Van Bronckhorst. Is this a real opportunity for us to to take these players that have came in this summer and really start to see the best of them? Do you think Michael Beale can get that out of them? I think it's a fresh start for, for them all. I mean, there's one that isn't a signing, but Alex Lowry is, is a player that's uh, obviously been, been mentioned. He's a player that obviously I don't know if there was a, some sort of clash between him and Gio, but it's, there's an opportunity. You're seeing the pictures of him uh, doing, doing plenty of work in Dubai uh, with Ian Jack. So hopefully he's a player that benefits from it. Some Rangers players hit the ground running when they sign and other players take a bit longer. I mean, it's, it's fair to say that's what's what's happened with uh, Tillman showed up on occasions. Matondo, it just hasn't happened. And Yilmaz has obviously been in and out and then picked up the injury. But I don't think um, they'll all be thrown in sort of thing. But I think it's very much, a, a as they say, a line in the sand and just uh, this is a fresh start for, for everybody. Yeah, I, I think that's the way we have to approach it. I think that's the way the players have to approach it as well. So we'll see what comes of that. Um, there's a there was a, there was a question. Sorry, there's a there's a comment from Aldo Aidens here. He says that uh, in the RTV interview, he says manager head coach will be in the grass. So yeah, thanks Aldo for letting us know. We've we've not had a chance to watch that interview yet because we're a quick on for you guys. So yeah, thanks for letting us know about that. And that that's good to hear. That's positive to hear in, in my opinion. Tommy, I'm going to come back to you on this one. Yeah, you're going to get the question about the, the kind of tactical approach from Beal and how you expect the team to look. Let's say Beal Ball, for example. How do you expect Beal Ball to look? Do you expect the, the kind of high fullbacks again, the inverted number 10s, or do you do you expect to see a, a fresh approach? Well, first of all, I think it's important for the, the listeners and the watchers to to put in the comments, you know, goodbye to you, Ross, given this is your... your your last podcast, or this is Ibrox, considering you've deployed the, the beal ball. I will not have it. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming round your house. Um, no, I, I think it from a structural perspective. I, I do think we'll see the inverted wingers. There'll be a not a complete return to the football under Steven Gerrard because some of that will have been driven by uh, Gerrard and Michael Beale will want to put his own absolute stamp on it. I think we'll see a little bit more flair in terms of. Some of the, I mean, I don't think naturally, you know, Gio was, um, let's not try and make me, I completely, I completely agree with uh, with AG there. Let's definitely not make make it a thing. Um, but I think we'll see a little bit more of a an impetus, faster play, a little bit more forward facing, not that slightly uh, reserved way that we seem to set up under Van Bronckhorst. I'm not doing him wholly down. I mean, Van Bronckhorst is slightly more attacking in his football than everybody gave him credit for. And sometimes the players just weren't able or willing to follow the instructions, it has to be said. But I do think we'll see a little bit more of a dominant psyche as opposed to there seemed to be maybe at the heart of one of the problems that Gio had was this come at us and what we'll do is we'll just keep doing the same thing and hope it's going to work. I hope to see a little bit more of invention. If nothing else, we should see his defence set pieces a little bit clearer and tighten up at the back, which has been slightly, slightly ropey. And then, yeah, trying to get the best out of, within an attacking environment, out of some of the players that you've mentioned there. I mean, it's, you know, Matondo, 
Mm, I hope it works for the boy. I'm not entirely convinced that ever will. Some players, Gilmaz, very, very odd that you're talking about a five million player already getting back out on loan and stuff like that. That's a really odd set of circumstances. Not the question you asked me. I do expect us to see a little bit more expansive, as a bit of a cliched word, but expansive inventive football at the top end of the pitch, become a little bit more dynamic in the middle and more solid at the back. I think that'll be the immediate coaching impact that people will see. And then it's just about what else they can refine off players. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I just wanted to touch on this point from Alan Caldwell. It, it, it's not vodka, okay? Beal ball is just something. And just enjoy that phrase, okay? I'm guessing it'll go eventually, but I'm just enjoying it right now as the announcement was made. I'm sure I, I'll, I'll stop saying it because Tommy's not enjoying it. Um, Craig, we'll, we'll come to you on this one as well because I'm curious. With, I think we can all say that some of Van Bronckhorst's approach to, especially domestic games, sometimes are really, really difficult to watch. Really didn't feel that there was there was any opportunity to win the game sometimes. And I think that's really difficult to accept. As a Rangers fan, you don't see where that goal's coming from because of the style of play. Maybe, maybe the question is, what do you expect to see? What do you want to see from this Rangers team? What do you think is realistic for Beal to implement? Do you think he's just going to be exactly the same or do you want it to be exactly the same as Gerard, or, or what, what? what's the change you want to see under Michael Beale? Hopefully it will be similar to Gerard with some tweaks. I think I think would probably be the best way that I'd want to put it in terms of actually under Stephen Gerrard and, and Michael Beale and, and that management team, we were playing good football. We just hit the buffers a wee bit in terms of and against the low block and after a couple of years people seem to figure us out. But I think what we want to see is nice passing football, creativity around the box. And then now we've got someone like Cholak who can finish uh, left, right and centre with his first touch. That should make a huge bit of difference because last time we were just relying on Morelos and we know how erratic Alfredo Morelos' finishing can be, especially if he's sort of given time to think and all that sort of stuff. So I think having someone like Cholak should actually add and be beneficial to to the way that Michael Beale plays, um, not least because I'm, I imagine we're likely to see quite a few crosses into the box um, over the over the, the rest of the season and beyond. Um, I think Red Van Yilmaz will really benefit from Michael Beale um, coming in as manager, and I would actually expect to see a lot more of him. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do I do realise that Borna Barisic is probably a bit of a favourite as well, going by how he did previously, and he's always out at the World Cup as well. Um, just now so it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out Um, but like I say I think more creativity around the box faster play I don't think you'll see as a horseshoe in our way around the the pitch against Livingston and things like that as much anymore you might still see a little bit of it but hopefully it's hopefully it is more dynamic and there's there's a reason for it rather than don't want to play a risky pass so I'll play the safe one yeah, just want to touch on this before we move on from Ukraine. I'm, I'm curious what your answer is. You know, question guys from the Graham Brown. Question guys, would you replace anyone in the first team squad for guys in the B? You know, you spoke about there how you would like this team to play. You know, do you expect Michael Beale to to jump into this B team and try and... We've obviously seen Leon King come up this season, maybe play more than we expected them to. Alex Lurley has been on the fringe a wee bit. We've seen Charlie McCann come in and out. Do you think that Michael Beale might rely on the more of these young players or do you think he'll just stick with the first team squad he has right now and and see us through to the end of the season what do you think that that was to you craig i don't know if craig's froze i think he has um okay i think you've got him a chance okay yeah 
Can you hear me? On you, on you go, Craig. On you go. Sorry, you cut out two seconds. I think I think Craig's in the So I think he'll give them all a chance. But I think what Leon King has shown is that um, basic, basically, I'm not sure how much of these guys are up to the level as yet. I think that's where the question is. I think Leon King has played more than any of us thought he would play and potentially more than he thought he would play. Um, and I think he's been shown up for that lack of experience. Yes, I don't... I. I I understand he's learning, but I, I don't think we're at the stage where we can afford to have players learning and making the mistakes when the team are struggling. Um, I think the one that has the best shot is Alex Lowry. I think his injury came at an unfortunate time, and I think he's got the best shot, especially on that right-hand side uh, of the front three. I think he's got the best shot of of making a difference in the team. I, I actually really like Charlie McCann. Um, I just... We've got, we've got a lot of experienced players in there and obviously Glenn Kamara did particularly well and under Bill and Stephen Gerrard's style before. So it'll be interesting to see that dynamic as well. But I do like Charlie McCann. I actually think Leon King's probably got the least chance at them all, aside from injuries that are kind of forcing us to play him just now. But I think Leon King's probably got the least chance out of them all of playing, playing a lot of game time the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think Alex Lowry is especially one that the majority of fans want to see more of. Of course, he's been a wee bit unlucky this season. He's ran into a few injuries. Of course, I think there was that horror tackle from uh, down at Dumbarton one night. They obviously seen him out for about six to eight weeks, so he's been a wee, wee bit unlucky. So it'd be good to see him come back in under Beal, obviously give him a wee bit of a, a fresh approach to playing for Rangers as well. So that would be good to see. Scott, what we'll do is we'll, we'll move on to yourself on this and I'm keen to talk about what this means for Rangers kind of long-term, the long-term goals and what we believe the the remit from Michael Beale would have been when he signed that contract today. What what do you think has been said to Michael Beale? What is the minimum that he must deliver? Maybe not this season. This season's a wee bit of an outlier because of the current situation and where they are in Europe. But what do you think is the, the expectations of Michael Beale going forward? Uh, I, th- I think this season it's a... You know, it's it is sal- salvageable, but I think getting the league title back by the end of season uh, 23-24, I think will be. Uh, I, I don't think it's it's feasible that we can we can go another couple of seasons without without winning the league. But I think Craig touched on it earlier. We have to be getting to the the business end of both cup competitions, and be competitive right to the death of the of of the league. Europe, I think Champions League, you know, we know what happened this season, but I think the, the income that comes from the Champions League, and I think he'll have been set a similar uh, target to, to Gio had to get, us into the, to get us into the Champions League, whether that's through direct entry by winning the league this season or through the qualification. But Rangers just have to start winning more trophies domestically, you know, and I think if we don't win the league this season, very similar to Alex McLeish when he took over from uh, Dick Advocat, Alex McLeish probably inherited a, a better group of players than, than than Michael Beale, to be honest, but he picked up two trophies and then the following season he done a he done a treble, you know, so it can turn around uh, quickly. That's just the nature of the beast in the in this country, the two the two team league that we, that we have, you know, so I think that get competitive for the rest of this season, 
you know, win the win the next few games and see where it where it takes us. I I am an eternal optimist, and I do think if you get to the Old Firm game, nine points, beat them on the second of January, it's down to six and and take it for there. But um, I think getting the league title back and getting into the Champions League, I think will be the the main targets that he's been set. But winning winning other cups is is important as well. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, and I think I think for Rangers fans as well, we just want to to see a Rangers team again that we enjoy watching because I think there were so many match days going to Ibrox where where people were genuinely not looking forward to the game of football, which is just not a position you want to be in as a fan base, and I think that's ultimately what probably um, made it the end for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst because people were just not buying into what he was trying to do anymore, and and people weren't enjoying it. Tommy, same question to you. Um, what do you think this board have set out for Michael Beale? You know, you, th- you think very much agree with Scott that we can attempt to salvage this season. He's obviously got to believe that, and then the long-term goals have just got to be that league title as the minimum every year, regardless of the competition across the city. Yeah, I mean, I think I think those are the fairly stable requirements in terms of what the club should be doing. It should be winning if not in finals consistently domestically should get into Europe and maybe punch slightly above the weight on a semi-regular basis right um I'm a fairly pragmatic person Gio got whipped quite rightly for some of his comments about not being able to compete in the Champions League but actually it was more the fact he said it out loud when you know people would see and hear it was the problem not the fact that he actually thought it you know I mean does anybody really believe that we're we're going to win it type of thing, right? So um, I think getting into Europe, going on, you're not going to get to the Europa League final every year, but you should be looking at the group stages and getting into the group stages of the Champions League, whatever that looks like, right? That's that's a, that, I think that's a fundamental prerequisite given the financial benefits that come to the club for that. You need to cut your cloth, cloth and all that. And then when you look at the individual players, he's going to have to do some of that player trading model. We have to make sure that we're generating better income, selling at the right time. Some of that goes back to Ross Wilson, though, to be honest with you. But maybe by and large, when the board have spoken to him, it is about being part of that conveyor belt, you know, academy stuff in terms of, you know, bringing through players like Lowry, Lovelace and Time and King and all that kind of stuff. And then maybe on a more personal level, he's going to have to do, he's going to have to do what he wasn't able to do when he was up here previously with Steven Gerrard, which is go and win a bloody cup. Right. As much as I love 55 as well, he's going to have to change that pattern of the team that he was coaching switching off quite regularly when it came to cups. You, you, you can't do that. And again, it comes back to the difference between the pressure of being in the coaching staff to the pressure of being the manager out front and all that stuff. When you're saying this team is not performing or switched off on, on potentially big moments when there's silverware on the line. That's it. So I, I think one, nine points is not inconceivable to overhaul that but at a bare minimum I think you should be looking at two finals uh, in terms of this this squad which is underperformed those are not bad players that is a squad that could win the title right I'm sure I'll get pilloried for some of that but there's enough in there it's the fact that they have collectively switched off and they weren't they were a bit riddleless as well so that's the main change and if that gets that right there's no reason why one we couldn't overhaul, but even on a lower level to get to the finals and beat Celtic off, you know, beat Celtic and win off games. 
is what I should say, to win those trophies. Because I would expect the Celtic will be in and round about there as well. So I think those are the base level minimums for I may see a quite clear progression within this. Some of that's dependent on budget and what he gets to move out and who signs contracts, of course. But I'm sure he's getting with his eyes wide open. But uh, he needs to change his previous pattern from being up here. Go and win something that's uh, that's not just the league. Got that I'm discounting the league, you understand. I'll take that and no trophy, no uh, no cups, obviously. But that's that's where we need to yeah, that, that's a good point. I'm, I'm keen to hear your thoughts on that as well, Craig. How important do you think those domestic cups will be for Michael Beale? Because we've seen those comments before that he was saying that he, he couldn't enjoy the, the league celebrations because they hadn't they hadn't won the domestic cups that year and it, and it was eating away at him. How, how important do you think he'll put that upon himself that he has to go and deliver? Especially this season when they're, you know, they're, they're both up for grabs. There's no reason why we can't win these two domestic trophies this year. How, how important do you think that'll be for him? I think they'll see, I think he will see them as his real opportunities this year to get off to a real positive start, and I think he'll buy himself a lot of positive, uh, positive opinion, positive energy from the fans if he, if he, especially if he grabs the league cup as the as the first one. Um, I think it gives it buys him a lot of time as well that potentially some people, some might say me weren't willing to give him. Um, but I think I think domestic cups are, are really important this year. We we know he comes in at a big disadvantage in the league, at nine points behind. And like I think both Tommy and Scott said, it's not an unassailable lead, but it's 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 a tough one to overcome. Um, and I, and we've we've kind of put ourselves in this position. But the the league cup and then the Scottish cup are, are there are there and up for grabs, and we absolutely should be making the finals at least, um, winning at least one if not both. Well, Graham Brown agrees with you. He thinks we should be looking at a treble. So, as in that's the expectations that this football club, you know, regardless of being nine points behind halfway through a season, still believing that we can win that league. And listen, we're all allowed to feel that way. We're all of our own opinion. And listen, that's the way I want this squad to view the rest of this campaign. I want them to view that they can bring it back. It has to be a fresh start for them. They have to approach it that way. Scott, we'll stick with you on this one. We, we spoke about it earlier the kind of fixture list we have coming up, we obviously have Bayer Leverkusen in a friendly. I think that's the 10th of December. So obviously that'll be a real opportunity to see this Michael Beale team. I'm sure it'll be full that day to see that, which is good because I'm not sure it would have been if Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was in charge. But then the next three games after that, obviously we play Celtic in the 2nd of January, but it's quite a while away. We've obviously got Hibs at home, Aberdeen away and Ross County away. And funnily enough, those two fixtures last year, Aberdeen away and Ross County away, were really what started that kind of downfall for us in the league. So how important are these next three games going to be for Rangers just to ensure that they can build a wee bit of momentum again for this league title? I'm I'm not concerned massively about the home games. The home forum has been pretty decent under Geo, apart from the the, the Livingston, the, 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 the draw with Livingston. The away games, you know, two away games in the space of four days will tell you a lot about what he's managed to get into the into the, the heads of the players over the next the next two to three weeks. And then obviously Motherwell at Ibrox in between Christmas and New Year. It'd be fantastic to pick up four wins. You know, it's you know, that's that has to be you have to be cliched and go one game at a time. But I think uh, the away fixtures are the, the, the games I think that we'll be telling. You know, we've, we've got a couple of away fixtures after the old Firm game that are 
that are equally tricky at Tannadice and, and Rugby Park, but I'm not looking too far. Not that I'm looking too far ahead, but I think their way fits, their way form, and their way performances, and they've just they've been dreadful to watch, particularly away from home. Lacky energy, lacky attacking. It's almost felt like we were playing against uh, Real Madrid sort of thing, you know, rather than going to Livingston or, or going to St. Bernard or whatever it is. You know, I think that's if we have to go on the front foot in these games. And I think uh, if we go on the front foot and attack these teams, we can uh, we can undoubtedly pick up the points. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think that's the, the mentality that we have to have in every game. Uh, Tommy, I'm curious what you think on this because... I probably summed it up there as maybe a negative that there's that kind of tough fixture run coming up. But actually, could this be a real positive for Michael Beale and his team to come in and, and really thrive in this challenge? And it really gives him an opportunity to really prove why he's been given that you know this role and, and why he's the manager of Rangers. Should he really be attacking this with, I'm going to show everyone why I'm here. I'm going to show everyone why I'm back. I've got five games, really tough, really five tough games really coming up. I can I can show what I'm all about. Is that the way we should be approaching it? Well, I think I think you do, but there's there's probably a couple of things in there actually, which is you know, and we touched on standards and stuff like that earlier, and the club being you know a winning club, so to speak, right? And it doesn't mean you can't have barren years; it just means in the balance that you're a winning club. But domestically, there shouldn't be too many tough games for us, if you want to take it that way, right? It's where we are right now that we're looking at some of those fixtures and saying they're even tougher, right? We might not come out with something on them. So, again, it's, it depends where you want to land on the roulette wheel at the moment, right? Which is, does he get a positive out of it if you win those games? Right, of course, right? That's you know what it is. But would you accept, accept the wrong words, right? So don't all collectively beat me up in the comments here, right? Um, I've got a very, 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 very small vocabulary. So, but would you accept the fact that you maybe don't win all those games, right? And maybe there's some drop points, but the level of performance has jumped right up and you can see what he's trying to do, right? We don't have to look too far around Glasgow to see somebody who started off badly and then has accelerated through their philosophies, landed with their team and their teams went with them. Again, back to our squad, they didn't go with you to some extent, right? But so it's just where you want it. And that comes back to some of that. Do you think, right, okay, we want to concentrate on the Cups or whatever? I don't think there'll be any division of that. We go all in for every single game. But I think seeing the difference in individual players and team performance in the short term, probably outweighs again not the best language there right but to some extent is more important than the the binary points because what people are looking for is not for it just to maintain nine point gap or close them in obviously we want to close them in but do we see more exciting football more attacking football do we look more robust can you see the build difference in the squad so that's what i think people will be really watching for to answer your question directly which is there's a clear difference between a Geo team and a Michael Beale team. And if you can see that within that winner games, then I think he's won he's won the first major battle, which is he's got that squad to come with him. And then if we go with them as fans as well, and then the board go with them in terms of investment, that's when you start to see things really come together. So that's a bit lengthier and more conceptual answer than maybe you, you asked me for, but 
I think that's the most important part with any new manager coming in. Do you get the short to medium? Because not just the new manager, you know, bounce, but can you see the, the, the dynamism in these players? And there's particular players there who need to really up their game. And it'll be interesting to see what he does with some of them. Does he try and rehabilitate them? Or does he say, I watched you from afar and I know you were at it. Your contract's running down. I'm just going to move you to one side. You're not in my plans long term and we'll take the short term hit. That's a strength moment from the manager. Yeah, I think you made some good points there. And I'm going to give uh, Craig the final word on this because you were talking before, Craig, about, you know, will he get the time? Will you give him the time? Tommy spoke about it there about maybe not necessarily picking up every single result in this run, but if you can see the change in performance, it's maybe something to hold on to and we can maybe see what, what's going to come going forward. How do you feel about that? Is it purely just about results for you and that's going to convince you of Michael Beal or are the performance levels um, there for you as well? Is that something you would use as a gauge? Yeah, I'm going to be harsh and say I want both immediately. Um, <laughs> now, how realistic that is, um, is, is not is, is probably unfair expectations and, and I do understand that. But I think we need, we, need, we need the results because, like I said earlier, Michael will be in a success in this first half of the season, will be winning a cup and will be finishing the league season closer to Celtic than we are currently, if not winning the league. So I think that's a, a, that's a real factor for me. And the only way you can do that is by getting the results. But the only way that you'll get the fans on side is that we're not dreading turning up to Ibrox because we know we've got a 90-minute slog fest um, against Livingston to to look forward to um, on a cold November or whatever it was. So I think that's I think I think he's got to win the battle on both fronts. I would be surprised if we don't see that sort of new manager bounce from this from this team. Um, I think going by the reports that we've heard, obviously all the 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 reported or alleged um, breaking of alcohol rules at during pre-season and stuff like that, it does seem like there was a real division between the players and, and the previous management team. Um, what, the, what the reasons are for that, I'm not sure. But if I, th- I think Michael Beale will go in and I think he will be strong and I think he knows he has to be, he'll have to be strong. And the good thing for him is he'll have leaders within the team like Connor Golds and like James Tavernier already with him and already flying forward as fast as they can running at that target and having players like that who normally set the example in this team um, I think will will do him the world of good but I think in terms of does, does he need results or does he need performances he kind of needs both there isn't really a side of it that can wet up I don't think I think I think if we I think if we played scintillating football but drew with Hibs and lost to Aberdeen I'm not sure I would be I'm not sure I would be particularly particularly happy or particularly forgiven. Um, but at the same time, if we if we played the most boring football in the world and won one nil both games, I'm not sure I'd be that encouraged by it either. So he's, he's, I'm not I'm not denying he's got a tough task ahead of him. But um, but yeah, I, I, I can't pick one that I would I would rather see drop over over another. No, I think I think that's fair. <laughs> It's always difficult from our perspective to to really just only look at results and yeah, I always try and look at the performances maybe more than I should. I think you're right. I think we're we're right to demand both, and I'm sure Michael Beal will know that he won't have came back to this club without 
understand the expectations. But I think that's a really good place to leave it. Um, I was actually kind of inspired there by your words, Craig. I'm, I'm sure that if the players listen to that, they'll be raring to go when they come back against Hibs. So, yeah. No, that was good. I enjoyed that. So, yeah, what well, there's a bit of housekeeping. So we will be back on Wednesday uh, at 7pm. We'll have the Sunday night podcast at 8pm. So please tune in for all that. There'll be obviously more reaction from from more of the guys in the pod about the Michael Beale announcement today. You can find us all the social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can also now follow and subscribe to the podcast on the podcast platforms again, such as Apple Music and Spotify. So please follow us on there. It, it helps us greatly. Please consider subscribing to the channel. Give us a like if you enjoyed the content. It helps us out as well. And listen, we all love doing this, so it, it's great for us. So all I've got to do now is thank the guests. So Craig, thanks for your time tonight. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. No problem at all. Scott, thanks very much for your time. Thanks, guys. It's been good. Cheers. And Tommy, thanks for coming on and talking about Buell Ball. It's been a pre- pleasure. I was I was enjoying it right up to that that moment. Um, but I'll end by saying to, to Paul in the comments, yes, I do like the look of Raskin as well, and he would be a good addition to our midfield. Listen, I'm sure we'll have a, a plenty of pods coming up talking about this January transfer window and who we want to bring in. So we'll definitely remember that. And uh, Nicholas Raskin's definitely one that's been on everyone's lips a few times. So yeah, thanks everyone for getting involved, all the viewers, listeners, everyone in the live chat. It's been really good. And yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>